Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Work For It podcast on the Makery Network. I'm Brian House. And I'm Ben Butler. And together we represent the two most important components of the maker world. I work the steel. And I work the wood. And I'm Brian Cohn from B. Cone Knives. I'm a young maker, and I work both. The show's primary focus is business in the workshop. And then we reach out to you on social media with a question every week. We read your answers and then discuss them on the show. Follow our show on any major podcast platform and on Instagram at workforit.podcast. Or you can support us for as little as $1 a month on patreon.com forward slash workforit. Let's get on with the show. Hey, Butler is on time today, everybody. You're listening to the Work For It podcast on the Makery Network. You can download our beautiful audio coming streaming to you live and in charge right on the Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's it's everywhere. Ben, (laughs) your microphone sounds a little janky. Wait, Uh are you close uh to it? Did you mess up again? No, oh, I, I, I was running to grab something. I apologize. I'm on my mic now. How do I sound? I, wanted to, I want you guys to both know. Okay. By the way, Brian Cohn is in the studio with us. He's a permanent part of the uh, Work For It podcast. Uh, also, hey, somebody guys. actually gotcha. mess. Yeah, there he is. Um, hey, I want hey. you guys to know that I'm ready. I have shaved the hair between. Oh, now. Oh, no. My eyebrow. My eyebrow. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, this could go in many different ways. For. You sickos. What's going on? You guys are gross. I don't know what Come you were on, thinking. But man, between my eyebrows. I have, I have that unibrow. Between, I'm like so Frida you, Kahlo, and, and I have to shave that hair. Shaved around the bags of your eyes? <laughs> I got in all the creases, Ben, and we are ready to go, buddy. Yes, absolutely. So oh, listen, hey, zone. real quick, real quick. I wanted to let you guys know, if you didn't already know this, that you can, in fact, cut cardboard with a table saw. Oh, yeah. And, it's, what would make and it works do that? tremendously well for shipping because it's quick. It does. Really? It, this yeah. is the reason why I'm doing it, and it makes a tremendous mess. I mean, it's like yes. you, you should do it in your grinder room if you have one. It makes like a very flammable mess. Uh, but yeah. it, it, <laughs> it sounds like uh, my shop. Yeah. As I'm doing this, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to definitely need to vacuum this up before I start grinding anything <laughs> yeah. in here. I'm We're like, not grinding today. Box. Yeah. Now, which uh, which box do you have to uh, check on your insurance claim to uh, <laughs> say that you burnt down your shop? The one that says the cardboard on my table saw. <laughs> It's you the just box that pre- says you're a dumbass. Yeah, that's you pre-select <laughs> chick chick. Yeah. Pre-select and declined. The re- here's the reason why I'm cut. If you're wondering, here's the reason why I'm cutting down cardboard. So, 
You guys know I ship I ship all my grinder parts in like those uh, big game board boxes that the United States Postal Service provides to yes, you. It's sir. like a flat rate box. And um, so I can buy double ply cardboard that's the same length as that box. But it's not the same width. So okay. uh. my so what I've been doing is basically cutting it by hand with a razor blade, cutting each one down to Ooh. the right width. And yeah, yeah, it is a huge pain in the butt. So I got this grand grand idea. I was like, you know, if I stack like six or eight of those pieces of cardboard, they're double ply. So they're yeah. like really tough cardboard. If I stack them and run them through my table saw, I'm like thinking to myself, either this is going to go really well or this is going to go really bad. <laughs> it's going to like shred it and pull it into the motor and yeah. it's just going to blow up. Uh, you know, but it didn't. Um, it actually ran, ran really well. You know what might be a better option would be your bandsaw. Mm. I thought might, about you know, that, but it's too big. The, the pieces oh, are too, too big. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, they're too I long. Made, so. You can't yeah. fit it on there. I need a fence. You know. So here's a cool, a cool fun fact. I, when Jack, when our oldest son was like three years old, I think I made him his own table saw, because he was all excited to be in the shop. He wanted a table saw, and I actually made. And now he has four fingers. No, listen. <laughs> now this we is call him Three cool. Finger Jack. Yeah, it was a, it's a, it only, uh, only cuts cardboard and okay. it, I used a sheet metal nibbler, you know, a sheet metal nibbler. It's oh, a little, yeah, sure. It's like I a drill. I can't powered. say that I know what that is. Okay. So a nibbler is, it's basically like a hole punch that's drill powered more or less. And it's got a, a mouth that you feed sheet metal into it. And then there's a piston that goes up and down and it creates a hole punch kind of situation, right? So it nibbles well, away it's like at the a sheet shear, metal. Right? Isn't yeah. it like a well, shear? A shear sort of no, a shear sort of rubs two blades together, whereas this is literally um you know, like those old old school hole punches that you yeah. the ticket ticket yeah. ticker would have. It literally looks like that if you look up okay. close. Um it might be square shaped though, is the only thing, but Regardless, it you know it takes a pretty good kerf out of your sheet metal. It it'll mm. almost take a a three sixteenths inch kerf Ooh. out of it, if you will. But the cool part is it can only cut what fits into its mouth, right? And cardboard just so happened to fit into the mouth of the sheet metal nibbler. So I uh, put that in the drill chuck. So I got a drill operated nibbler. Put it in the drill chuck. And then mounted it on a piece of plywood so that the the mouth just sort of stuck up uh, out of the plywood, you know, like, um, I don't know, half inch or so. And so the, the, the kids could actually run cardboard across this thing or through this thing's mouth, I guess, is more appropriate. And then cut out whatever the heck they wanted, you know. <laughs> so did he ever put anything else in it just to see if it would... If it would uh, cut it, like plastic nothing, and stuff like that. Yeah, he'd put all that stuff in, you know. But but again, as it you had, it was actually kind of tricky to find stuff to put into it because the mouth was so small. You know, it's yeah. made to yeah. well, that's made the to whole cut point, sheet right? metal. It's safe. It was like yeah. semi safe for him, and that's what was cool. Is you could literally, you know, you could put your hand right on it when it was operating, no problem at all. In fact, I used to take it into the maker club that I that I ran at the boys' school. And uh, all the kids there would just go bonkers. You know, we used to make all kinds of little um, 
cardboard cities and stuff. Jack and I, when he was when he was little, we'd make these epic, you know, miniature-sized cardboard cities for all his minifigs and other stuff. And then we, we got sounds, into some it, crazy It sounds stuff. very nerdy. It was. Very, very nerdy. <laughs> but there very, you go. Like, There's Boy my, Scout-ish. Uh, very Boy yeah. Scouts. It's a, it's a wonder you ever ended up in the, in the Forest Service. We'll never know right? how you ended up there. <laughs> how did I end up working for a research station? Get you like your knickers on with your shovel and like a backpack and you're like running around in like a park and you're like, hey, I'm with the Forest Service. And you have a badge. They're like, sir, you don't, you know, no, fun, no, no, no Forest Service fun, people uh, have badges. Come on. Another fun fact. I've never I've never owned a Forest Service uniform or a badge. I, I've resisted. <laughs> you you know, that. Ben Ben finally showed up on time and you're still making fun of him. You, you got to lay off just a Listen, little bit. That's Come it, on. That's, all right. I can take part it. I'm, of the, I'm thick skinned. The, yeah. This is part of the deal. You know, yeah. just give it see, time. Honeymoon, Brian, I'll be making fun see, of yeah, you very honey, soon. Honeymoon uh, doesn't last long. i will okay so real quick switching gears real fast we um this week is the i've got a few things to discuss but um we'll kind of splatter those out throughout the entire show but the um the big thing coming up is fourth of july um i am working on in my shop i have decided that it's a good move to put made in the usa on some of my parts so i'm working on a project. Yeah, because I did some research and the steel that we're using is US steel. Just about every nut and bolt is made in the US. There's like a couple that are made in Canada. Um but uh, we'll let those slide. Those guys are pretty cool up there. Um and sure. but for the most part, you know, everything is made in the US. In fact, it's even cut and, you know, all the everything's done here. And it's pretty cool that we're able to say that the the entire machine including the wheels if you buy them from Chaz out in um, Utah uh, at knifegrinderparts.com, you will get a 100% U.S. built and manufactured nice. uh, uh, comp- uh, uh, machine, right? So I have been working on stamping or actually laser etching and creating a laser etch. It's a really cool little um, logo. I'll reveal it at some point, maybe tomorrow since um, – Maybe today, since we're doing this on Wednesday, but Thursday, I'll I'll release it so you guys can kind of see where I'm going with it. But it's got uh, it says made in the USA real big and it's a flag and then cut out of the middle is the um, the Statue of Liberty. So it's like a very uh, patriotic, you know, all the symbols of the US. So I'm doing that in the shop. And then also real quick, I got. I took delivery of 3,000 knobs, and I've got a really great story about the knobs. Um, so you guys know I've been prototyping knobs for the last couple of months. I finally settled on a design. Um, and then just about every day I get somebody emailing me going, when are those knobs are going to be, you know, I'm, I'm waiting oh, to nice. buy those knobs. You know, there's knobs are a big business. I didn't realize it, this. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are into knobs, man. they're not knobs, cheap. Man. They're not cheap. They are not either. Cheap. And yeah. uh, they're universal. That's, That's the other thing I was thinking, right? Is just because you yeah. sell knobs for your grinder, that doesn't mean I couldn't use them for some hold down clamps on a CNC. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. If you told me like what size bolt, I think we could make it work. I mean, yeah. it's quarter pretty, 20. Yeah. Quarter 20. Well, might I'll be use a little anything, small. But um, yeah, we could. I just have some T track and then a, you know, a T bolt 
and then a little thing that I put on top to sort of hold a piece down. Yeah, it could be. It could yeah. work possibly. Yeah. yeah, we um the so I've been prototyping those knobs. I took delivery of three thousand knobs. Okay, on Tuesday of this week, and uh. In the middle of ordering these, it took like a month or two to get everything kind of done because in the middle of ordering them and paying for them, about a month later, I got an email from the laser company and they were like, we lost the entire palette of knobs. We can't find it. We cut them. We have the cut sheets, but nobody knows where the actual palette is. So we're going to recut your order. And I went, okay. So they recut the order and that's what was delivered on Tuesday. I get an email today from them saying they found the pallet that they were missing. Oh, you're kidding. And oh, jeez. And that they're <laughs> going to just send me the pallet. For oh, nice. That nice. I don't have to. I mean, okay. They're custom parts, right? So, like, yeah. what are they going to do? What do they do with them? Yeah. So, Sell I was like, housework. no cost at all. And she was like, yeah, no, no. We, it was our mess up, and we appreciate your business. And, you know, here. Great. 3,000 more knobs. So, I will have six thousand effing knobs in here um, hey man. <laughs> to to polish i will be polishing my the knob knobs house right here you the... are you are a knob man thrown through <laughs> right <laughs> ah, you guys caught that you picked that up that yes good. hey man you pick you said it yourself on that other podcast so I, you know that was I, so for those that don't know what we're talking about when when brian was on the essential craftsman podcast uh, if you listen closely, you'll find out that he truly is a knob man. He likes listen, to grab Scott. <laughs> Scott asked me. Scott about, is too a knob man. He asked me specifically because his VFD doesn't have a knob on it. He's like, "What's your feeling on knobs?" I'm like, yeah, "Man, I, I am a knob man, hundred percent knobs all the way." And he totally teed you right up. He did, and I think what you know, of course, those guys are super professional, right? So like they yeah. were like not laughing, but they were kind of like smirking. Like I was like, "Yeah, oh yeah, I like the knobs. Oh yeah, I gotta get yourself a knob." You know, because they see they listen to this podcast. That's how they found us. And or found okay, me. cool. They, they actually heard me initially, nice. I think, on Jeff's podcast, and then. Yeah. Good. You know how this goes. It's all incestual oh, yeah. now because we're all kind of like, you know, climbing <laughs> this ladder, right? So yeah, I'm yeah. on the full, full blast podcast with Jeff Fader. Nate hears that. Then he listens to the Work For It podcast because I was promoting it through there. And then he loved the Work For It podcast. So he followed me on Instagram. And then, you know, lo and behold, now they're following me on YouTube and everything else. They, yeah. By the way, they just crossed over a million subscribers. I know. I know. Woot, woot. You know that, Dude, like that, excites me, I, like to no end about the state of humanity. <laughs> you know, in some way, it's that, encouraging. Yes, that it's really those guys nice. are just. You know, Scott is just incredible. He's he is a philosopher, a grandfather, a preacher of work, and yes. to me, that is just. There, there, there are very few people you'll come across like that. You know. And, like that is literally the environment that I grew up in. I feel like it was just where there was, you know, a, a hard day's worth of work with a handful of your good friends was as much fun as playing a backyard football game, you know. Yeah. And I and I believe mm -hmm. Scott believes that. <laughs> you know? He believes it, and he he's like yeah. not one of those guys that just talks about it. He does it. No, he's he does lived it. it. 
and he's yep. also what I think a lot of people don't realize about him is the level and maybe they do and maybe this is the draw to him but like the level of his uh his intelligence he's yeah he is just Crazy. one of those people that is so matter of fact because he yep. knows so many things because he's experienced and worked in so many places and different with different things and he's willing to talk about his wins and his losses and what he would yeah. do differently he's essentially like 20 years older than me so you know mm-hmm. if you you know, he's one generation, I would imagine, if that's what you want to call it, ahead of yeah. me and and us. So I think, like, it's so important to listen to people who are that generation ahead that have yeah. kind of walked the walk and can talk the talk, you know. And <laughs> that's why I think it's so great that we have him as a resource. Yeah. Um, you know, and oh, that they're God, doing what, what they're doing. You know, oh, my God. It was so surreal, Ben and Brian. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, being on that podcast, when I clicked like the link to jump in on the right? podcast <laughs> and I hear Scott say my name, I was just like, dude, this yeah. is so weird. It's such because a recog- like, them you guys forever. both have such a recognizable voice. And it just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I whatever I do you mean, for, Ben? Right. Do you like I worked my for knob? a guy. I my do. Prototypes. <laughs> Do you like my? I worked for a guy in um, when I was in Seattle. Notice how he just like skims over. I'm just gonna keep going. (laughs) Ben's just like I'm just gonna keep talking. He'll stop eventually. Talking. (laughs) 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 Oh, anyway, I worked for a guy. No, I won't. (laughs) In in Seattle, (laughs) when I was framing houses, he and um, George was a he. George had a PhD in physics. And All right, hold on. Go back a second. So this is somebody yeah. you work for. I was in being Seattle, and I wasn't no, you're listening. Good. <laughs> so yeah. So in you Seattle, this is back in the um, Seattle days. You were working twenty for years a guy ago. Named George. Now. Yeah, working for a guy George, and George had a PhD in physics. And George, you know, it was I. If I if you put he and Scott in a room together, I think you know they would they would literally be best friends for life. I mean, they, these guys are were so similar. And and I was really fortunate to work for the guy. I we framed houses. George built all custom homes. We didn't build anything below five thousand square foot. You know, we built homes for movie stars. We built homes for all kinds of people all around Seattle. And I just happened to show up uh, following a a want ad in the you know in the newspaper, and showed up on the first day with from the East coast, having worked for a general contractor thinking I was, you know, some kind of carpenter and found out that framing houses in the Pacific Northwest is a much different sport than it is anywhere else. (laughs) Um, And why is that? Because of the terrain um, and the weather or the weather for one. Yeah. You know, it rains four or five months out of the year. It started raining in September and the guy that I, you know, sort of my sort of partner in crime on the on the job sites. You know, he looks at me with, with you know, like cigarette smoke oozing out of every pore of his body. You know, he looks oh, at me geez. and he's like, "You might as well get used to it, bud. It ain't gonna quit. <laughs> ain't gonna quit till May." Have you ever you know, noticed like, like uh, the guys on the on the any of those work crews, especially the guys that have been framers for a long time, yeah. when you find out how old they are? You're, you're amazed. Amazed. You're like, wait, you're only 35. Amazed. You look like my grandfather. Like, it, yeah, that's. It's a, <laughs> it's a I used to give brutal, a guy. Brutal. Uh, I used to body. give a, a guy a ride to work who just so happened to live sort of on the way, which was 
kind of comical because every job site was in a different spot, you know, but, uh, hmm. I just picked the guy up because I felt, felt like it was the right thing to do. This guy was literally, uh, living in an RV that was, you know, the size of a kitchen with his wife and two kids. Oh, come you know, on. Just oh, wow. Trying to make enough money trying to make things happen to, you know, and, and knew that George was, a really good guy to be tied in with and he was you know because george was the kind that would take care of you if you proved your worth and but uh george also would fire more people than he'd hire literally anybody that applied could come walk on the job site and whether or not you you know came back the next day or even came back after a break or lunch that was all subject to your you know your performance uh, in the period previous. And, uh, so it was pretty so, interesting. So, so for real briefly, the, how does a guy with a PhD in physics end up building houses? Like That's what was what the I transition there? Yeah, I was going to say this yep. conversation has to lead somewhere because well, this this uh, that's physics was, professor uh, should be. That's where I was going, and and I got to know George pretty well. And in fact, I'd go up and do work on his house on the weekends and stuff. And and move, when I moved to Missoula from Seattle, his wife had grown up in Missoula, and so she sent me on my way with all these recommendations and books about Missoula and all this stuff like that. So I got to be really good friends with him, but. Talking with George one day while working up at his house, I said to him, I said, George, what the hell are you doing building houses? You know, I was like, you've got a PhD in physics. You're probably one of the smartest guys I've ever met. You know, and the list goes on and on. I said, I'll admit you're successful. You're probably the best builder in Seattle in my mind. And, you know, he had a gorgeous house uh, up in North Bend, which is outside of the city and just had it all going on. But he said, uh, he, you know, and he put it really simply. He said, I'd rather use my hands to earn a living than rely on my brain. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's a pretty, you know, pretty bold statement. And he's like, no, seriously. He said, it used to be there was a time and place when a carpenter, because they could build someone a home, was the most important profession in the world. And he said, I still mm -hmm. believe that's true, right? Like, the most important thing besides, you know, the it, most important inanimate object in people's lives is the thing that you're going to build. And that's important. That's critically important. And he, he mm -hmm. just, he believed that it was a noble profession and that working really damn hard to earn every penny you earned with your hands and your brain and your whole body, that was all right. And in fact, that mm -hmm. was what you're meant to do, you know. There's also a shit ton of money in it if you do it right. And there is, it right? is a huge yeah. pain in the ass. And, I mean, it's yeah. dealing with customers but you know, and whatever else. I don't think it was for a guy like George, you know, and I, and I get that same impression from a guy like Scott, right? Like the pains in the ass become less uh, and, and, you know, less intense and less in terms of frequency because I think those guys – are so smart that they're and they've done that thing that one they've stayed in that lane for so long that maybe they anticipate more of the jives you know you're always going to have a pain in the ass but um mm -hmm. i think it's at least a little bit less um that's my i would say anyway. that i i watched my dad build houses for many years and then do renovation work when he got into his late 60s early 70s and 
yeah. you know, just like anything, the customers, you can get good customers that are really easy to work with, and then you can get these nightmare customers oh, yeah. that are really difficult. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, the meme or the picture on the internet. There's this huge yacht, right, and it's floating mm-hmm. in the water. Right behind it, there's a tender, and the tender, which is like the little water taxi, right? The name of that mm-hmm. boat is called Original Contract, and the name <laughs> of the yacht is called Change Order. And the reason is, is because people start building a house, right? And the original oh, contract yeah. is the size of the tender. And by the time they're done, mm-hmm. because they want to change so many things, uh, it's... it's turned into a yacht. So it's like a, it can, it can be <laughs> very lucrative if you know what you're doing. All right, real quick. Yep. Okay. So I was on the Essential, Essential Craftsman podcast. Pop Great crafts. time. Mm-hmm. I want to real quick go over the to keep just to keep the show moving real fast. I want to go over real quick the WFI project. That page, that hashtag on Instagram, yeah, man. has been oh. sort of uh, being yeah, it's filled been going. in. Yeah. yeah, Brian, why don't yeah. you take? Why I'm don't super you excited about one? it. Pick one and let's discuss it real quick. Give me a second. Let me go ahead and type it right back. You're in. Not ready, Brian. Brian on, I'm so man. sorry. What? All right, I'll do one first since I'm ready. I've already got it pulled up. All right, real quick, I um, bring him, uh, bring him Kindle, who I am now friends with on Facebook and have known Good online, dude. quote unquote. Good guy, real nice guy. Just started a business. Uh, I mean, not started it. He's now moving away from uh, working for someone else to do his business full time, which is lifting concrete. I don't know if you've ever seen these, uh, these foam things that they can inject up underneath concrete to lift it up he actually is doing that for for a living and he owns the business fun fact about Brigham is that he only has nine toes he swims in a circle because of it Uh, this is how much I know about him by the way so man and, and bo- <laughs> did you count them yourself? <laughs> listen, no, listen, he's sharing all this stuff. No, he's sharing all this stuff oh, on, on social media. So Slow yeah, down he's on that sharing there. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to look at his toes because he he photographed and documented the entire process of getting his Ooh. toe removed, which is kind of cool. Oh, uh, if you're I into that I, okay. kind of thing. I was. I told him we should have just did it like and videotaped it and made like a viral video. Use like a set Heck of yeah. snips, you know, and just you yeah. know. Yeah, it should have been a live stream. What are we doing? We should have been on that <laughs> right. missed opportunity. Uh, so, missed but uh, he is working on what uh, he likes to call a stabby thing. Brian and I kind of think it looks like a prison shank. I think it's yeah. kind of cool. absolutely. I, <laughs> I mean, it looks like it could it could open a can. You could stab a prisoner with it. You could, Colorful. you know, maybe oh, a prison you, guard. I mean, I mean, who knows? But it's. Do you know what it really looks like? Is one of um one of those uh, oyster shuckers? Oh, it yeah, does a little bit. Yeah, but it does look like yeah. It. He calls it a kitchen shank, which I think is yeah. kind of interesting. <laughs> Things Fair get a little, ball. you know, uh, squirrely in the kitchen. You might have to stab someone, you know. You never know. Hey, man. Pull that thing. Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. So. so I'll go ahead and jump on Ben's bites. So Ben went ahead and dropped this uh, little Santoku looking thing, little kitchen knife. Uh, he tried doing an S grind in it. Had a little bit of difficulty difficulty with it. It looks like maybe the S grind didn't go perfectly, but I have you know, insider still... information on that, by the way. Do you really yeah, go for it? Let, let's too. hear about it. All right. So you know how I made the video on the soft platen? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he made that, and he was grinding out that S-grind just with the soft platen to try to smooth everything out. And what he mm-hmm. didn't realize was one of his bolts that was holding on that that attachment was a little bit proud, and it was oh. behind. Yeah, so it was a, it was behind the leather, and when he was grinding, you know, that's the spot where it kind of removed the S grind is where the bolt was. Yep, he mentioned that oh, well. um, last week when uh, Brian. Yeah, we did a live stream. Live stream. Yep. Oh, you guys talked about he that. He came Man, on. I yeah. The live stream. Dang. Yep. Yeah. My internet went but out yeah. right that night. My internet went oh. out. I had to hold, get a whole new router, everything. And uh, oh no, kidding. I was. Did it get fried? Yeah. Or well, it had been going out slowly. Like it had been kind of failing, and I would have to power cycle it. And then that oh, yeah. night, uh, right around like five o'clock, it just went straight up dead. I ended up resurrecting it, but it wasn't reliable. Like it kept, you know, kept shutting off. So. And you've I'm got teenagers. Out. That had to be. Brutal. I was blaming it on them. <laughs> I'm World like, War you guys III. are streaming everything. <laughs> Stop streaming stuff. Oh, I gotta no. watch my YouTubes. Oh, right. Oh jeez. But I anyways, can't... so to finish up this Ben's bites real quick. Yeah. Uh, he did a quick uh, video of him cutting through an onion, and my goodness, it looks like this thing is just sliding right through it, as if the onion is even in there. Did you see the carrot the food he release? Didn't, he didn't tag. Yeah, us. it's incredible. He didn't tag us with the carrot post, but uh, it was yeah that looked you know, really good. Lorena as well. Bobbitt worthy. I mean, this <laughs> thing is <laughs> ready to roll. So maybe. <laughs> I have kind of a cool connection with Ben's bites that I've just found out about. Ah. So um, Ben gets all of his handle mis- material through Dahlia Designs. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he's always talking about how, you know, he has he does really great handle materials, the dyed woods, the stabilized woods, and the wooden epoxy. Um, come to find out, he lives like five miles from my house. This Dahlia Designs, this George, I'm not even going to try to attempt his last name, like Kout Simmons or something like that, uh-huh. literally lives within, like, walking distance of the target that I work at. So. Oh, shit. It's um, like the I got, like Carta guy for me here in Boise when Brian, when you pointed right. out, I was like, what the What hell? are the chances of that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the world that gets cool? really small, right? I mean, oh, you yeah. start talking about right. these, these makers and it's like, oh man. And I and t- tell the story as to how he figured out where you live. Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking about, well, he, he heard of me on this podcast, the work for it podcast. And, uh, uh, maybe my guess is maybe when I was, when I was talking about how, you know, I'm moving from here to Mount Pleasant. He sent me a message and said, hey, what's going on, neighbor? I'm like, what are you talking about? And uh, come to find out, he lives literally right across the street from, you know, Target. So That's crazy. I've already ordered a couple pieces from him, and yeah, we're going to get going on that. I think I'm probably going to switch to him for all of my handle materials. Yeah, for sure. ben, ben was telling me, like, if you want stabilized wood, that this guy knows what he's doing, and he has the yeah. best pieces. And, you know, if you know Ben's Bites, Ben started off as a handle maker. Mm-hmm. And how I know him is that he built the revolution so that he could start making blades. And now he's doing both. And he's very talented in every regard. Like he's he's one of those guys that approaches knife making and handle making sort of scientifically. He's another Ph.D., you know, nerdy guy that's um, he, he's got a long history working in like biochemical stuff and whatever else. But he oh, wow. he is he approaches things so much differently. So when you look at his work. It's like he'll make a knife, he won't finish it, and he'll 
be cutting with it and using it to see, okay, <laughs> yeah, what's it perform? It. Yeah, exactly. What's it perform like before he even puts a mm-hmm. handle on it? He wants to know, you know, what does it perform like? Because he's more of a, I mean, he obviously likes the aesthetics, but he wants to ensure that the knife is actually going to be a very functional piece, which is why he's learning how to S grind because of food release. Uh, super mm-hmm. interesting guy. So go find Ben's Bites on Instagram and follow him there. He's a he's a been become a friend of mine. We talk a lot. We haven't talked recently, actually, but uh, we used yeah. to talk almost on the phone like every week. But uh, where are oh, you, well. Ben? What you been up to, buddy? Where what you been? been doing, Ben? <laughs> I know what he's been good, doing. Good dude. I've stuff. chatted him a few times. In fact, we were talking about doing some little bit of leather collaboration stuff, but. And, uh, and it's fine that it, that it didn't, I had no expectation either way, but it didn't pan out because he, he wasn't mm. moving the, uh, numbers that he thought he might, but, uh, I think life got busy with COVID and everything else, but yeah, fun, fun guy. And yeah, he jumped on the live stream, which is probably a, a good little yeah. plug for that right now is for, we've been talking about, I don't want to put any, either of you guys on the spot, but we've been talking about doing that for a while and i think our plan is to continue it um as we can yeah. make it happen and maybe what, what do you so it like seems Friday like nights saturday nights what are you thinking i'm good for either um, i i think saturday nights would be best for me yeah just do a saturday night you know get together drink some beer on the pot or on a live stream wonder, on instagram and i wonder if more folks would be available on friday nights is my one wonder folks tend to have things planned on saturdays and i just i don't know don't know yeah i mean i'm about to uh be done with target here in a month so after that hold up, hold <laughs> up we can make it work up, hold up tell Wait, us this what do you news? mean by that, that sounds well i mean I'm, I'm moving over to mount pleasant so oh, you know right, obviously right. i'm not going to drive an hour to target for the four That's hour right. shifts they've been giving me yeah. so yeah no, yeah makes sense so you you've you've turned in your resignation you're ready to Actually, no. So I'm giving them two weeks notice because I'm trying to work through all of my vacation pay, all of my sick pay, try to get that out as much as it can, you know, eat that up. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, then at that point, because as soon as you put in your two weeks notification, they're not giving you jack. Mm-hmm. Hold on, Brian. I'm I'm just dialing Target corporate. I'm actually gonna turn you in for <laughs> do it time for do fraud it. theft. I'll, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> call him right now. I'll quit on air. Yeah, I know this guy, Brian <laughs> Connie, works in Michigan. He's trying to get extra vacation days. You might want to look into that. Man, I've earned that time. Busted. Busted. Do it. Uh I also saw somebody uh K Hack. If I'm saying that wrong, I apologize. K-Hack Cutlery. He just got some new equipment, and he looks like he got a small wheel attachment. Those are very handy. Uh, I have cool, uh, cool. a couple of different versions of a small wheel attachment. I've, I've been using the one from TR Maker. It's got the nylon uh, coatings around the wheels and around like the cutting surfaces, and I'm really happy with that. The ones that are all steel... I find I get a ton of yeah. chatter. I can't I can't get rid of the chatter. You know, it doesn't matter what I do. So the uh, Ucell over mm. at TR Maker came up with this um, coating that's kind of almost like rubberized nylon, I assume. I mean, I don't know uh, huh. what it is exactly. But it, it, it stops the, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Brian, right? Like when you go up underneath. Oh, yeah. The, so yeah. I, I have the Broadback one that has that little, that, that, uh, 
rubberized one, oh, that one um, has a coating on it. Okay. Yeah, it does. But so I went out and I wanted to go ahead and pick up another one. And I, I bought just a singular steel one. And literally, uh, first of all, this was before I had a VFD. So I chucked that thing in, got so much chatter, and then the bearings blew out on it. So oh, I just geez. threw that right in the trash. But yeah, you, you that, that rubberized coating. You know, those, those bearings. You it's it's can... already been tossed. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> that was before I knew that. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that rubber coating is totally, you know, perfect for that application for sure. I didn't even know nice. they made rubber coating ones, r- rubber coated ones until I saw the one from you sell. So I, I thought that has to solve the problem of the chatter. And it in fact does. And I, man, it's made yeah. a huge difference. I would spend. Sometimes I would grind away too much material on the underside of the handles because of it. You know, I'm just trying to like clean up that chatter, you know, get, you know, do it quick. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then I'm like, then I'm like, screw it. I'll just do it by hand. And now I'm sanding, you know, with 80 grit and trying to, you know, get those grooves out and whatever else. Yeah. It's a big headache. So check out. So the one I'm actually thinking about picking up those TR maker uh, wheels because Broadback only supplies, I think the half inch and the three quarter inch. So I okay. kind of want more very, you know, a little bit more, you know, sizes. So, yeah, if that if those will fit in the broadback little. I was just going to uh, say, I don't know one. if they're the same, but if you measure yeah. yours and send me the measurements, I will measure sure. mine. This sounds very, this is very sensual. Measure, <laughs> measure yours, Brian. <laughs> Wait, are we and going back to, mine, you know, your shit? And we will compare the <laughs> are two. We're talking about eyeballs again. There we go. <laughs> and we'll we'll find out whose is longer, if you know what I mean. All right. Yeah. Dad Ooh, joke. Yeah. Hello. Weird dad Yellow. joke. All right. All right. So Ben, did you did you go and look at any of the uh any of the uh, work for it? Are you gonna which one are you gonna pick? The Salmon Creek? That that one's really nice, that knife that guy made. Yeah, I was trying I was just trying to I've got it here. Where did it go? I see Cack Cutlery, K H A A C K. Yeah, that's the one that that's the uh, small wheel attachment. And then if yeah. you see the the knife, uh, the one in the upper left, it's Salmon Creek customized, like a black handle on it. No, I just see Ben's bites up there. Let me look. Huh. Um, WFIR project. There should yeah. be eighteen posts. So- while he's fi- while he's looking at that, I just want to shout out that cat cutlery guy. He only has twenty eight followers. We are sleeping oh, on cat cutlery. If if he isn't, everyone right now, drop what you're doing. Go follow cat yeah. cutlery. We need to jump him up to at least 200, 300 followers. I'm following him right now. I wasn't following. Yeah, him me before, too. I don't think so I I'm was gonna either. Follow him now. Yeah, he's got I'll some really that. unique stuff, and and I love his yeah. handle work, and he's. He's got a, um, okay. yeah. Looks like he's got. Uh, I think I see it now. Odie's yeah, oil. He's obviously been knife making for a while. He's doing some really, you know, stellar stuff. So. Oh, this yeah. is the guy that. Yep. Okay, I remember this now. I was actually going to comment about. He has a post down here about Odie's oil, and he and he calls out um, vintage axe works. Uh, yeah, because vintage axe works does some pretty pretty disgusting things with his Odie's oil and, and <laughs> axe handles. He likes, he likes oh, to what? polish that, that top of the axe oh, yeah. where it comes through. You've the never drifted... seen, 
Yeah, you've never it's, seen him do that. It's really sensual, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, go to his page. It's, it's, it is it's ridiculous. Oh Some of the videos. This is he Salmon puts Creek, up. or who? Who are we no, talking this about? This is no, no, Vintage Axe no, no. Vintage Axe Works. Vintage Axe. Vintage Axe Works. A X E. Not Vintage Ass Works. Don't type in Ass Works. I mean, you might get a whole different set of pictures if you type that in. But yeah, he 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 loves to massage the Odie's oil into that little. The little uh, <laughs> space between the, you know, where the wood meets. Oh, the... <laughs> I've seen this guy. Yep, I've seen so it. He does a podcast with, it's the Axe and Iron podcast. So his mm-hmm. name's Roy, anyway, Roy Scott, Vintage Axe Works, a really good uh, follow. But then there's uh, Chris Cash, who is Mount Phillip Metalworks. And oh, yeah. If you are looking for sort of vintage or semi-vintage uh, machinery like power hammers and anvils and, you know, that sort of thing, Chris Cash is your man. I mean, he, he'll travel the country to pick up a half of an anvil that he thinks he can glue to another half and make it whole. <laughs> um, he's he's running all around. But I think, um, what you call it, Chris is somewhere close around like the Pennsylvania, New Yorkish area. Um, I don't remember exactly where he's at. And Roy, I think is like out in Kentucky or something, but uh, both good dudes. And that, that podcast, uh, the ax and iron podcast is also a pretty good podcast. The, uh, Since we're on Instagram, we might as well go over the question that I posted as well. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, yeah, we are sure. following protocol this week, gentlemen. We are, no, we have posted, hey. A question we can and keep the intro another week. <laughs> we can we can we're keep back the, on track. Wow, we're look back at us. on track. We're back on track. And this question actually came from a listener. Came from Ben's bites. Came from Ben, and hey. he he texted it to me and said like, "Hey, I've always wanted to know your thoughts on this, and maybe this could be a podcast question or a podcast topic." And I was like, "You know what? I'm sitting on the toilet right now. Let me go ahead and just make this up real quick and post <laughs> it to Instagram. I've got." Nowhere uh, to be, if you know what I mean. So I'm hanging out. I posted it to um, Instagram, and the question was, do you think that discounts uh, are good for you or good for your business, and or do you think that it devalues your work? And, Brian, let me, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. It's yeah. You have a unique take, I would imagine. So, yeah, I... I'm not, I haven't been around long enough to really have enough of a backlog of knives to think that I should be, you know, discounting things yet. Um, so the only, at this point, you know, I've, I've priced out my knives where, you know, I've, I've figured out my material costs. I figure out my hourly rate that I'm happy with, and that's pretty much what I sell it at. So um, if I were to discount any more than that, it'd be coming out of, you know, my own hourly rate. I'd just be devaluing my, you know, my time and whatnot. So, so you're in the devalue. For, so you are in the camp of you believe it devalues now, your work. I'm not I'm not quite there yet. So if the only situation where I think that I would actually discount something is if somebody ended up like, you know, ordering a knife and backing out. Um, so if I were to make a custom for somebody and it's slightly different than, you know, just an average thing, then I would discount that and sell it just because it's not necessarily something that other people would want, but I could still get it out the door. 
Um, I do think that, you know, if you're making something by hand and you're putting in the blood, sweat and tears for it, you've, you should have already figured out what you're happy with and what is, you know, your lowest dollar you can sell it at and still be comfortable with. And if you're not selling it at that, then to, to discount it past that would be, you know, kind of devaluing your work more than you should. It's kind of like friend or family discount, right? If you're my friend, if you're my (laughs) friend, you should want me to survive and therefore pay me the freaking full price. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. See, I, I run into that a lot where I get asked, you know, a friend or family discount and you know, it, it just, it, I'm the type of guy where I, I'm kind of a crowd pleaser, so I want to, yeah, you know, too. go above and beyond for people that I know and love. So, like, I, I want to do that, and but, I mean, it's hard. at some point, <laughs> it's hard. at some I, point, you just need to put your foot down and sell it for what you think it's worth. I mean, I'm if you're a friend or a family member, that. I'm going to charge you more. I mean, that's yeah. just the way it is. <laughs> well, hey, Tim's, listen, you're Tim, probably uh, a pain in the ass. In my yeah. life, so guess what? You get to pay more than everyone else. All, all the fringe people, the acquaintances, they get to pay regular rate, but you got to pay more yep. for sure. Yeah. Tim yeah. Sway turned me on to that on um, the Reclaimed Audio podcast. I'm also like a podcast name dropper here, but um, that which that show is actually no more. Sadly, uh, one of uh. the earliest maker podcasts could even be the earliest besides making it um but those guys bill lutz tim sway and oh lord i forget his other name but three dudes and they're hanging up the microphones but uh but yeah tim oh man what do you mean they're tim, hanging up the microphones what does that mean they're they're not putting on any more episodes they're done no? they're dissolving the podcast why yeah. did they say why they've been doing it now i think it's all it's better than 10 years <laughs> you know, uh, sick of and they're like, it just, it's kind of run its course. Um, and, and what's kind of interesting is that out of the three of them, Tim Sway is the only one really still making things, <laughs> you oh, know, I so see. it's like a, a podcast sense. about uh, making shit and nobody makes shit. Nobody makes anything. Yeah. Yeah. So they decided to hang it up, which, which is, and they did a cool thing, uh, going out they announced it like three or four episodes before the end which was really kind of funny because yeah that's a good idea i like that um yeah well it was funny because uh a year ago for april fool's day they put out an episode that said they were done and that they were quitting and fooled everyone they were so good but then they had like a 90 second dead airspace at the end of the episode and then they came back on and they're like ah we're just messing with you Ah. (laughs) it was genius Um, but yeah he says you know he's like i think it's a bunch of malarkey that you know he's like if i uh know of someone that makes something a tool or something else and i want to buy it from them he said i he said i'll i'll ask to pay more honestly before i would ever ask for a discount so well, he's empathetic because he's, yeah. he's in that situation a lot. And um, my take on it is I think discounts in my game is definitely worth. I give discounts all the time, all the yeah. time. Um, and, and it's because I'm not creating a one-off piece. I'm a manufacturer. I'm making yeah. these mm-hmm. things, and I have a margin. I know where that margin needs to be, and I know where I can kind of fiddle with it a little bit and still be okay. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and so when someone approaches me or if some like someone's on the fence, 
um, or they've spent money with me before, I'll send them a promo code. I'm like, here, dude, yeah. you know, if they're like him and Han, ah, well, you know, I want to build this or whatever. You know, hey, man, here's a promo code. It knocks some money off of the total. And, you know, you can um, mm -hmm. use it anytime. You don't have mm -hmm. to use it today. You can use it whenever you want. I'll leave it active. And that seems to convert people because, sure, you know, you if you're I will tell you this. I know that there's uh, people out there that don't have that that like cushion margin in there. They're they're like operating at the very minimum. And what that does is that doesn't give you any room like something goes wrong. A shipment gets lost or a part has failed or you have to replace something. Now you're going into the red on the project. You should always pad the anything you've done just a little bit, just in case. And I do that in now, every regard, you know, computer business mm -hmm. and the grinder business. Now, here's the problem on my end with that thought process, though, is because, um, you know, if I'm, I'm having problems selling my knives at the prices that I have, if I were to raise my prices much more, I don't think I would get hardly any orders. Yeah, yeah that's why so I don't it's, think it's it hard works. to pad that there. much. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, I, yeah. I don't think it works in the like custom maker world so much. Yeah, because it yeah. does devalue devalue the work, and if in especially if you're building something that's some like you know when someone sees your work and they're just enamored with it and they must have it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you have a decision to make. You, you could say, yeah. like, well, I could take this guy to the cleaners or I could be fair or I could be somewhere in the middle. And you have yeah. to kind of look at it like that because it's just like service-based business, like with computers, you can give a little and it's okay. Or you can take yeah. away and it's okay, you know. Um, whereas when there's, like, a specific product, like a grinder, and you know everyone pays a certain dollar amount, but this guy got a $100 discount for whatever reason – People get salty about that, you know. They they'll, they'll yeah. Say I was like, I was gonna ask, how often do you get that comment from old customers that, hey, I see you guys. I yep. just bought this grinder a week ago, and you just put up this discount code. You know yep. what what's what gives with that? How what is your response to those type of people? Every it's time, tiny. I mean, every time, and, and you're I'll, always I'll gonna say, have that. I, I do, and and they do it publicly too. They'll be like, "Wow, right. I just bought this yesterday. Now you're doing like a you know whatever deal," Sorry. and I'm just like, "Hey, look, man, if I announced the deals before every single deal, it would make no sense. It just right. I can't I can't go." Hey guys, like in maybe three days, I'm gonna maybe put out a promo code that might take off some. It's it's super annoying. It's tacky, and yeah. and but here's what I have found: there's like a group of people that get salty about it. That are like, I just bought this, and some people they're like right right in the middle. They're like salty, but they're like, hey, I'm still I still feel like I'm getting value, and I still right. love to support your work. They'll bitch and if, just to be heard. It, yeah, they'll. Well, my response is typically this: I really, truly appreciate your business. I just want you to know that, and that um, you paying full price in this case really does help support what I do. And just remember, yeah. if you need okay. anything, hit me up. And like, maybe yeah. what I'll do is I'll throw in an extra tooling arm, or I'll send some extra stickers, or I'll do whatever for that person. That way, they mm -hmm. don't. They still feel like they got value out of the the interaction you know the transaction was yeah. still valuable to them so because i i think yeah. at the end of the day right like a, a a discount is subjective in nature anyway you know because unless you legitimately know what it costs a person to manufacture something you don't know what how how large of a discount you're truly getting you know 
Um, I've seen some brand, some big name brands that do it really well, and I've I've seen and worked with others that it's it's trashy, it's tacky. I'll use an example, and I'm I'm not a not ashamed. I've worked with Harvey Woodworking Tools and Bridge City for a while now, on and off, and you know I'll openly say that their email discount marketing scheme is horrendous it's awful <laughs> grizzly tool um, <laughs> you know i will grizzly, literally grizzly. yeah same, literally same every morning every single every morning friggin day i get yeah. an email and it's this is on sale that's on sale there's only five of these for sale at this price oh it's uh, it's disgusting it's like i agree it's mm. awful and and that then that has to happen to them daily and i so I've had people reach out to me like, hey, do you like your Harvey Table Saw? I've got my video, a video on YouTube assembling it. I really need to make a mm-hmm. review video. but um, And I, I do. I get a handful of people a week that reach out to me wanting to know what my thoughts are. Would you buy it? And I say, yes, I would buy it absolutely 100%. If you're not signed up for their email marketing campaign, do it and wait until you're until you see the thing you want come on sale and buy it then don't buy it any other time because it will happen you know in the course of a two-week period they only have so many products you know harvey only makes so many things and uh every about two weeks they got to recycle back through the list of shit that they sell you know and mm-hmm. and uh it, it'll come back up so it can be i think to those extremes it can be really cheapened um I often, when I make, when I put together an estimate for a custom piece of furniture, like I just quoted the river table uh, job that I that I landed the other day. I quoted that what about a week ago, and I have been working with the guy for the better part of a month. You know, it takes back and forth, and we've been going back and forth quite a bit because it's going to be a chunk of change. You know, it's going to be. Uh, north of two grand to to make that table for the guy when when you have that high of a dollar amount um, there's a lot more wiggle room built in right whereas I think with knives or even a grinder it's it's not a cheap product but it's a, in that case it's more of a set price um, mm-hmm. a custom piece of furniture and a custom knife as well. I think a, a small, the, 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 the cheaper the item, the harder it is to price, right? Or, mm-hmm. um, and then on the other end, when the price is really big, then you have different problems, right? You can give discounts, but it's, but it might not have any impact on it at all. So you don't want to even go there, right? Like with this, mm-hmm guy looking for the river table he was so specifically targeting what he wanted i knew that money was not really an object you know Mm -hmm. if i came i was pretty sure that whatever number i threw back at him he wasn't going to bat an eye and if he didn't like it he was going to tell me that he didn't like it and we could we would then try to find a a happy medium at that point you know i uh, I I heard i heard a rumor about you ben i heard that this weekend because of fourth of july that everything you make is 50 percent off is that true (laughs) yeah it is (laughs) all right good you just have to pay for 
You have to pay for shipping, though. <laughs> <laughs> Promo code work for it on ben, BenjaminButlerCompany.com to get you 50%. I guess the, the one thing that I've always thought about doing, and you know, I've never had a large enough order to do it, but I've always thought to myself, you know, if somebody orders like a full kitchen set, like if they're spending, you know, $1,000 plus on a kitchen set or depends on how big the order is i would always try to make like a small paring knife to throw in there for free like maybe you could give just a little bit extra value to i think you know just say thank you for the giant order yeah and i i I, as a matter of principle i i do that and and i think you know the deal's already secured the, the the clients accepted my estimate they've made their down payment uh, you know, I've gotten, we've gotten through the work. And then at that point, cause it plants that seed for the next time, I think more than mm-hmm. up front, you know, I don't know. You're going to, you're, you're going to get the client you're going to get when you're making custom, I think, yeah. you know, um, if you have a consumable good or a, a you know, a, a product uh, you're maybe more inclined in my mind anyway. I don't know. Maybe you're more inclined to entice people with a discount or a bargain. You know, if you're seen more as a store than a workshop that makes the thing that people want, um, people are more inclined to, to look for discounts at, at a, at a store than they are like, you know, Bob's knives yeah. or Ben's cabinets or whatever. And, well, I, and I'll do that. I'll make a, make a cutting board. Here you go. You know, just wanted to say thanks and, you know, go do a walkthrough. Like I'll, I'll do the walkthrough with uh, uh, the countertop guy. And I ended up through the course of that, made him a countertop. And initially it was supposed to be make a countertop and wrap the beam above it. And in the end, I ended up um, sheathing his kitchen island and doing some other work for him as well. So it was like one thing cool. turned into the to the other and stuff like that. So, but I'll do the walkthrough and take a cutting board with me and leave it there with them. You know, real quick, that's a good that's a good idea. I always try to throw some extra stuff into the box, you know, just to make sure everybody gets some extra stickers or whatever. It, it yeah. makes a big difference. Extra value yep. makes a difference. Real quick, let's mm-hmm. ta- let's take a listen and look at what the uh, the audience had to say back um, on Instagram. Bent Llama says. You should be pricing your goods at least 20% above the median in at which you make a comfortable return. Your median should be then at least 20% above your number, and that will keep you in the black. This gives you market leverage and res- response margins. And I think that's kind of what I was saying earlier is that you should have just a little bit of a pad in there. And it just, I think 20% is kind of a good number. It just really depends, you know, on what, how big of a, deal you're making or whatever but 20 percent could be a lot of money if it's a huge project but um what he's saying is it could give you 10 percent to move in either direction without cutting into your bottom line yeah the the goal here for business is to make money to pay yourself for the time and your ingenuity and your tools and to replace all of those things plus you know gas getting out to the job or meeting the client all of those things have to be covered and I think a lot of business people forget the amount of customer relation time and all of those things. You should be paying yourself for all of that. And if you're mm-hmm. not, you're setting yourself up for failure. And I think what he's trying to say is a lot of makers don't charge enough. So just keep that in mind. Um, you know, yep. that's that's a good one. Clum Custom Knives says, in this space of handcrafted, 
I hate the idea of discounts. You should never leave a customer feeling like he has overpaid. And I think discounts undermine that trust that you are charging a fair price for your work. I'm with him. I see what his point is. Here's what here's what I don't fully get is how often are your customers talking with each other where they would know like if I sold you a knife Ben for $250 and I made that exact same knife and sold it to Brian for $300 if you guys weren't friends what are the odds <laughs> that you're going to know the difference Yeah that's very true um Yeah, yeah I mean I I guess I I have no it's it's just the truth and All that's right, I think what I was kind of getting at earlier is like you, discounts become subjective in a custom marketplace. Yeah, for I'm sure. With you. Right, right. Yeah. To another yeah. extent, in a marketplace that isn't custom, in a in a kit, you know, in a kit based marketplace like yours, Brian, um, I think they're subjective as well, right? Like, yeah. none of us have any clue what it costs you to buy steel and parts and everything else. So I, yeah. I have no idea. Every single it, day, the price of steel changes. Every, right. every day yeah. it, it, yeah. it is a commodity that changes so i get an email from my steel distributor and they will tell me how much per days. pound the difference yeah. is because if mm-hmm. i were to order the kit today it's going to be x amount of dollars if i order it tomorrow it'll be x amount of dollars and that number could go up or down in the last year and a half it has never gone down it has gone only up yeah. and it's gone up consecutively so the margins mm. get squeakier and squeakier. And here's the real kick in the balls. So if you watch my YouTube channel from way back when I first started doing this, um, the kits, they didn't include as much as we include now, obviously. So they were a lot cheaper. Um, but steel was mm-hmm. also a lot less back then. People will email me and go, well, I'm watching this email from 2018. And you say the kit is this amount of money. And now I look <laughs> at your website and it's this. And I go, all right. How do you respond to and not tell the person, look, you're kind of are you like, have you been on Earth for a while? Because there's this thing called inflation and, you know, covid and whatever else. A, there's inflation. B, you know, you've improved that product, you know, exponentially since then. You've you've made so many improvements since then. So, like, I don't know where what they're thinking. The prices from 2018 is going to be the same as now. Well, they're ignorant, Ugh. number one. And not right. like I don't mean to be <laughs> condescending, but that they, they, they're, they, they don't fully understand. They think that the kit's the same. So, like, I have to educate the customer and I have to tell them, like, hey, this is, you know, let me show you what's changed. And, in fact, we have that list now, like, on the website. So, like, hey, what's changed in all the different generations? And if you get... Yeah like an update email for me, I have a generational list of all of the changes in a text uh, file that basically shows all the changes to the plan set and all the additions to the kit. So when somebody says like, what's changed, I just send them that file. And it's that file is like, I don't even know how many lines long. It's probably over 200 lines now. So it's, it's very, um, it's, it's tough to sort of play that game where you're like, I'm selling things, on a YouTube video from 2018. I don't want to delete that video because it's got 200,000 views on it and it people right. watch it. And then, you know, but now they're buying the kit three years later and they're going, wait a minute. I, you know, what, what's changed? It still converts into sales. It just becomes kind of a confusing thing. So it's, it's one of those things, yeah. but um, 
Uh, real quick, yeah. Beck's uh, Armory, which is Richard Beck. He says, sometimes as a business owner, you have to liquidate current inventory to make room for new inventory. And let's be honest, no one, nobody has unlimited cash. And my books, these are rare occasions called for discounted products. I would rather give away current inventory to zero profit margin than to hang on to it and prevent myself from being able to pay for the next batch of inventory that happened to come in early. I know a perfect mm. world profits from previous sales should be more than pay for the future inventory. But if you're spending money on R&D, cash flow is sometimes or something that is not unlimited. The best salesmen in marketing that I've ever experienced, hands down, are the happy customers with the product in their hands. I'm with him. If you've got stuff that's old, don't leave it on the shelf. Liquidate it. Follow what like the big box stores do. You know, get things marked down to get them out of your way. Uh, try to recoup some of that money and and get it there. Again, Richard is in a, in the same space I am. He makes tooling, so you know that's a completely different marketplace than a maker. You know, like somebody doing custom work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm trying to see if the discounts. Here we go. So we got. You want to read a couple of these, Brian? You are you on that uh, on my work for it? Uh, yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. So Riley Knife and Tool says, "I'll lower the price on certain things every once in a long while to get them moving, and I don't mind when companies offer occasional discounts or sales around the anniversaries or holidays." Um, now, as for the guys for a perpetual five, ten, or or excuse me, 10, 15, or 20% discount codes. I'd rather they just give me the bottom dollar price to begin with. Um, I'll get, excuse me, sorry, I have to refresh it. Um, I'll get that, or I get that on advertising sponsorship tools, but still. So yeah, I totally agree with him. Um, you know, if a company is constantly saying, you know, there's a 10, 15, 20% discount code, but you've never seen it, the product sold for that full price point, like it, it seems like it's just kind of a running, you know, advertisement type thing. And that, that kind of gets shady every once in a while. Um, speaking on, on that line, um, <laughs> just kind of something funny that was happening in, at my hometown, uh, for like five years, there's this, um, um, store that was doing this, running this, uh, going out of business sale. So everything's cut down, but they ended up having to get shut down because they're run doing this, you know, running out of business sales. So they ended up having to create a new business in the same shop and, you know, end up, yeah, I know. Right. So they ended up getting shut down by the state because they're going out of business for too long and it's like seedy and, you know, disgusting. So, like, I can totally see the his point where if you're constantly running a 10, 15, 20% discount code and you're never selling at full price, you know, are you honestly, you know, just trying to bump your prices and move that? It, it just starts to sound a little bit skeevy to me. So, yeah, I agree yeah, with him yeah. for sure. Ben, you want to hit up another one? Yeah, I was looking to see where you're at here. Did you start at the bottom or? Oh, I just picked one randomly. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Man, I, uh, we, haven't the, we haven't read We haven't read the Ben's Bites answer. He's actually the one that answer, asked the question. Ben's Bites. I'm looking for it. Looking for it. I think it's on my my Instagram. Oh, it's on Housework. Yeah. Ah. Oh, I'll read it. I'll so read. Yeah, it. I was going off the. Yeah. Go ahead. Then I'll read. Uh, I'll read the next one then. Okay. 
Uh, Ben's Bite says, not a huge fan of discounts. I have a wait list, but try to make extra as I go. So I have someone, something when someone asks. I've had people tell me I am too expensive. Ever, anybody here ever hmm. ha- heard that before? I know I have. Yeah, um, I mean, I hear yeah. that, and I don't think I'm too expensive. But Yeah, no, you're very goodness. reasonable. Your prices are good. He says, if I give them a discount... I feel like I am devaluing the work that other people paid full price for. Uh, I will give discounts on multiple orders. Okay, so there's like a new yeah, sort a of um, element to this. Uh, when I can, uh, I will build it into the parallel and pass that efficiently on to the client. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're buying more than one, yeah, you're getting a discount. That's, that's yeah, the way for I sure. work it. See, I've I've also done that where um, I actually just had one where somebody was ordering three knives at once, and I just gave them the you know handle material upgrade for free instead of asking for the extra you know fifty bucks per knife. Okay. Um, yeah. I really think that you know they they didn't even ask for that. I just you know tabulated that in the price and let them know. And when they asked me why they undercharged me, it, you know, it's if if you're ordering that much for me, I would rather you get that extra bit of you know value. Right. And I think that goes a long ways, you know, for customers. So for sure. Yeah, yeah and, for sure. And I, I think I, I don't know. There, there's there's probably it's probably the case that when it comes down to it, most folks get a little bit of a discount because if mm-hmm. you're making that custom thing, I don't know if you're like if you're like me anyway, I'm always gun shy to throw a price out there. <laughs> right. Like that. Oh, first Emily shot fired is-, is murder. Emily is always telling me, you know, when I go to quote a price, I ask her, I was like, hey, am I am I undervaluing myself? Because, you know, I'll yeah. make a knife and think like, oh, I'm going to sell this for 150 bucks. And she looks at me like, what? Yeah, my <laughs> wife, too. Yeah. Now, do you have you. a yeah. Do you have her, a actually. formula, Brian? Like, I don't we can maybe get in. That'd be a good thing to get into in another show, probably how like pricing. But do you have a formula that you use that can be? Yeah. So. Described? I have all of my, like, I have my seven inch K tip. I've got a five inch chopper. You know, I've got all of my, you know, main designs. And I've got prices for, you know, Damascus or high carbon steel, you know, wood handles or that would have, like, all the upgrades. So I've got a base price for all of them. And then if somebody comes to me and like, hey, I want an eight inch chef knife, then I then I bump it up just a little bit. So I, yeah. I have like a standard that I go off of and then we, you know, adjust it incrementally depending on how much or what they're asking for. Yeah. So I actually put that all up into one sheet to send to people. So, you know, I, I normally will work through with them and figure out exactly what they want and then send them that sheet and say, hey, it's the closest to this. And because you want this, that, and the other, I added a little bit here. I took off a little bit there so that they yeah. know that, you know, I'm not just pulling a number out of my ass. Now, so I, sometimes there... I feel like I, I quote a price and people are like, well, how'd you come to that? Right. You know, that I have yeah. a formula. Have you ever looked yeah. at it in terms of, well, I won't go there because that'll, that'll just dive us down the rabbit hole. Let me read another one. Hey. <laughs> Uh, one eighteen blade says. Hold on, real quick. Oh, that 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 conversation would be really good to have with Ben's bites because he yeah. too has a formula, and he's mm-hmm. very precise with his pricing. He knows uh-huh. like every piece of wood that he 
you know, uses to make a handle, all the little spacer material. Oh, he's got, he's a got it broken down. There, yeah. He does. And so wow. he had actually thought about coming on the podcast today, but he's he got stuck in traffic, so he couldn't make it. So, um, so yeah, so it's a, uh, so that's a thing. Anyway, go ahead. I, read the, I think read the if thing. You're not, yeah, if you're not careful, right, especially when you're making smaller items, if you start running the numbers and the amount of money you're making per hour just isn't anywhere close to what you want it to be, then, yeah, <laughs> you, you can... I, I just I look at knife making in particular and the amount of steps involved and the amount of of stuff that needs done. It's a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I could see where you, it could easily run away from you. But yeah. For anyway, sure. one eighteen blade says I think sometimes you just have to put a sale on. Read discount. You just earn less of your profit, which actually was precious time spent. Does it devalue the work? Fiscally, it might. Mentally, it will. But in the pocket, for sure. But if a customer is happy with what you made, it should give you a good feeling even if you... Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You sold it for less. So he's mm. he's four, I think. Yeah, he's um, four yeah, discounts. Yeah. Recognizes that, yeah, it might, might hurt you a little bit fiscally or financially, but um, hey, Take the money and run, son. And then, gotta do what you gotta do. Do you have you too read, much? Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Did you read Riley Knife and Tool? I don't think so, right? Yeah, no, we read that one already, Brian. Oh yeah, it. we did that. Yeah, we did. And the one above one eighteen was me, so we don't need to read that. I got one. Then, I got one real quick. Um, MRCS two three T says no. It provides an opportunity for others to potentially buy what they want. It's appealing. Anyone who's smart enough knows there's also or there's some potential for negotiating on everything. That's a very, very good piece of advice. Everything is negotiable. All right. And that's true. You are also putting your name on in the garages of households or individuals across the nation. You are providing tools mm-hmm. for others to make what they need and learn how. Discounts are just your way of saying thank you. And here is some to top. Here's some off the top to help you get started. We all wanted to profit work, profit to work less and provide a better product. It's not selling out either. It's making it. So he's saying in my field in in the in the grinder world it definitely is mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. beneficial and i agree with him as well yeah yeah for sure and you never know you know if if he gets it and you give him a little bit of discount you might have two or three buddies or neighbors that come and see it and w- need to get yeah. one as well so oh yeah for sure yeah i, I can't I, tell you how many times i've made mm-hmm. a knife for somebody and they show it off to their friend and then the friend is hitting me up for an order oh so, yeah so what about this word of mouth then, this yeah, this ma- so this makes me think of, of a situation. Okay, so through Instagram, influencer, whatever you want to call it, you know, folks 
like myself or others that might work with a brand, right? One of the things a brand always wants to do, at least when I have a discussion with them, is that they'd like to give me a discount code, you know, Starbond Adhesives. Uh, use this code mm -hmm. for 15% off, you know, Benjamin Butler Company, and you get 15% 15, 15 off a $6 bottle of glue. <laughs> you know, that is, I guess, in a way, um, uh, a modernized version of word of mouth, right? What What are your thoughts on on that methodology? That's I've been curious about that. Number one, do you think folks take advantage of that? You know, like I've got a few different codes. Some of them I don't even know if I if I have them out there for folks to grab easily. He, and I probably here's should, here's but. the thing about promo codes. No matter. And this will give you kind of an insight into social media as well. So, like, I have a promo code out there that I leave on all the time. And I post yeah. it to my to the Facebook group that has 13,000, 14,000 people in it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's I, I post it in comments. I post it on all kinds of stuff. Very few people use it. Right. And I think huh. it's because... That's fine, too. It's because... They'll, it'll show you like how the reach of those posts, you know, once they're a day or two old, they're muted, you know, by whatever mm -hmm. platform you're on. I think on. they're muted even before that. <laughs> it could they're be. Muted for me, sometimes the second yeah. I post the damn things. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I'm the, so, like I'm the same yeah. 13,000 13, 13, and change followers, right? <laughs> and recently I can make a post and literally not one person makes a comment. No. Now, how can yeah. 13,000 people follow me? You know, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm legitimately like <laughs> kind of amazed. It's kind of I neat know. in I've, a way. I've also right? like, noticed that, Ben. I've, I've seen some of your stuff and it's really happen? good. And I'm like, yeah. this is like, but you know, a bunch of likes. But don't get me started. I'll start complaining about TikTok again. I'll start well, talking I'll, about uh, TikTok censorship. Like we'll, we'll go down that rabbit hole again. Right. <laughs> Here's, Speaking of come which, all the way, full circle. I have not. I have maybe posted once or twice a week for the past couple of months. That's no. the problem. Yeah, it, you really need to point, post more. Yeah, right. Really, that proves the point. They're shoving it Feed in you. The beast. Yeah, you, you got that. Uh, bring them King, Kindle uh, uh, <laughs> kitchen yeah. shank in your back, and you know yeah. your Instagram's going. You're not feeding the the monster yeah, anymore. We're so you're, we're, we're going to mute you. And you're going to have yeah. to work for it to climb back up. Um, I, yeah, I, I've, I've noticed it too. And it's, and it's an exponential thing. So the longer it takes me to post, like the longer there is a gap in the yeah. posts, what I've noticed is, is my videos won't get uh, fed out to, um, it'll almost mm -hmm. like, it's almost like there's some sort of like, uh, mathematical equation the way like since brian didn't post for one day yeah. we're only going to distribute it to five thousand people and see, then I'll if i the post every day one, yeah. it gets distributed to 10 or fifteen thousand people yeah and then yeah. every you know subsequent day it gets dropped down even more which makes just... sense right if i think about if i'm writing an algorithm right uh, any kind of algorithm you're trying to predict behavior or you're trying to um you're trying to have event-based, an event-based situation, right? Where if A then, or if A plus B then C, or some combination thereof, right? There would clearly be probably some lanes there, right? So 
this person is a four a day poster so they are a very frequent poster so therefore let's check back up on them more regularly right like the mm-hmm. the, the timing of the interval with which you pull for info from them would be more frequent, right? You'd say, hey, Bob, Bob's probably going to post four today, so we're going to hit Bob every hour, and we're going to grab it the second it comes out, hot off the press, and we're going to blast it out to people. So you could find yourself in that maybe after four days in a row of being a four-a-day poster. But then if you go cold, you're going to drop all the way down to the lane where you're the the infrequent poster, you know, or the – hobbyist poster or whatever the hell like you know it would be so to me that it's when i look at it objectively and put my you know developer nerd hat on it makes perfect sense um and i know that now it's taken me a long time to understand that and realize that and used to game the system or try to game the system and this not the other thing and 99.9 percent of the time it always comes down to consistently posting at least once a day that's yeah, it for sure. You know? And then you put your time in and you watch, watch it grow. <laughs> you know, it's like mm. putting pennies in the piggy bank. All right. Switching gears real quick. It is time oh, the dad joke. for a dad joke. Oh, you guys hey. What are you calling yeah. an, an alligator in a vest? An mm. investigator. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Man, I'm, hey, I'm thinking I'm thinking Wait a we second. Need to do what like... am I doing here? I I literally play the trombone. Why aren't why aren't I doing the sad trombone's noise for this? We need there, we yeah, need right? Of course you play the trombone, Brian. I yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you're not making content on Instagram. <laughs> with the trombone. <laughs> you need to do this. Oh my god, oh TikTok my would love it too, man. The trombone oh. knife maker. Oh my god. Oh, this is great. Well, oh. hey, listen, I gentlemen. Think- yeah. We are an hour and 20 in. And real quick, yeah, I wanted I- to uh, can you believe oh, man, that? I An forgot. hour That's and what twenty happens minutes. When you start on time, huh? We did. We started on time, <laughs> and I wanted to give a huge shout out to all our patrons, everyone who is supporting us over on Patreon. You are making How this show it? possible. You're helping pay the bill of what we have going on, and uh, you should know that we truly appreciate you guys, and we hope that we bring some excitement and laughter into your ears and your workshops and your commutes and wherever you're at, at work or whatever, and uh, we hope that we're giving you guys some value back. And if we are, if we could ask you to follow us on Instagram, workforit.podcast, and you can also follow us. Uh, We'll put in the show notes where you can follow each individual social media um, tags, you know, on YouTube and on uh, Instagram. So you can find us there and on TikTok. Actually, we should probably start sharing hey, hey, TikTok talk. links, right? Take yeah, it, uh, let's do but, it. Uh, Brian Cohn doesn't need any more followers. He's got like 18 He's million followers on TikTok. TikTok. Hey, you know, I could use I could use a couple. Why not? <laughs> plenty of uh, pl- plenty of plenty except of here's the difference. Following them. The, here's the difference. These followers would be valuable followers because they're my yes. people. So yeah, yeah, no Absolutely. doubt about it. That is yeah. one thing I will say is that, Ben, and perhaps this is the problem with your followership, is that I think, you know, the it is. And, 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 it's, yep. and it's not for a lack of trying. I think you're just you need to find your people. And unfortunately yep. for you, the woodworking maker 
uh, niche is, is blah, it's bad. I mean, knife making is bad, but it's woodworking yeah. is way bad. So yeah, uh, I think maybe you and... take another, you take a turn, you do something different. Maybe you do tool reviews. Maybe you do, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, switch it up a little bit. Start and start yeah, asking yeah. people questions. Here's what I've also learned about social media. When you ask people for their opinion, they will give it to you. And it's an important part of interaction. Yeah. So I did it today and that proves proves me right every time. In fact, there was a time where literally every post I made had a question at the end of it. Yeah. That became Mm. a little cheesy after a while. So I kind of backed off of that shit. But uh, I think you're right, Brian, a hundred percent right. Uh, You know, and I think that that is some folks long to create that and try to create that but um but fail and others like yourself with the the grinders community on facebook you know you you're able to get that going and find it and and that still also i think comes down to um consistency you know in fact in an early episode that i when i first came on to the show i can remember talking about that with you is that i and i think i said openly I do not think that a quarter of my followers would recognize a photo of me, you know, just yeah, because they yeah. haven't consistently been exposed to me enough. It's a damn shame so, because you are handsome. I am and- a sexy bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> so that's a, that is a perfect segue then. Man, this this Ben, Friday. you being home alone must be getting to you because that. All right, all right, real, no, yeah, don't, real don't quick. Don't tell anybody, but yeah. it, don't tell anybody, but it's really nice. <laughs> real quick, so just so the audience knows, last night Ben, we have an Instagram group, like all three of us, we can call each other. Ben's ringing us up. Oh, I'm making a salad. Is, I didn't Brian's even bring driving. Up. Yeah, and and um and what's hilarious is you can tell that Ben is like alone because you know he's he's like like relaxed you know there's just he's like in his workshop he's making content he's like dude check out this thing i wouldn't thing bought I'm an air conditioner because it was 103 freaking degrees in that yeah. workshop oh and i needed to get shit done and well, i you tell know, you you know what's funny about this heat wave is that we got it first because that heat wave yeah. was like a result of like some um air that had kind of blown up from south america and africa and it kind of made its way across the ocean and it worked its way up over the um over the equator and it hit florida first we had heat mm. indexes of like 110 degrees here you know what oh i did oh my god yeah oh dude it was it, and 100% humidity so it just felt like you were just you yeah, know was- really um it was brutal and yeah. you know we live in florida it's hot here most of the time but this was like unusually hot you know it was just very strange and then now i'm seeing on the news you know there's heat waves all over the u.s and northern like even all all the way up into canada and stuff they're getting like this nasty heat so yeah i I feel for you guys for sure i don't know i don't know how oh sorry go ahead Uh, i say i pulled the trigger i put that damn thing in the window last night and at midnight, it was still 91 degrees in there. Oh. But this morning, but this morning, when I woke up and let it run all night, oh, 75 degrees, baby. And it's oh, staying yeah. there. Nice. It's staying there. So that's pretty sweet. It's Man, so I weird. don't know how Michigan ended up getting lucky. We haven't hit that 100 degree. I mean, we had a couple it, days it where west. it was getting close. 
it all went, went west. west. Yeah, it went west and well, north. This past weekend, I was about to complain about how, you know, it was about 85, 90 degrees, and I was forging on this, you know, knife making videos. And, you know, you get your forge going and it's, you know, 90 degrees outside. And I think oh, it was probably at least 100, 110 inside. Blistering. Yeah. I, oh that, and that's a mistake. Don't put a fucking thermometer in your shop, people. Don't. <laughs> It'll do nothing but. <laughs> it just plays you. mind games. No, what it does there. is it I've gives you there, a, like, a reason to complain night. on your Instagram yeah. stories and be like, I've look how hot it is night. in here, everyone. I'm working really hard mm-hmm. making Instagram <laughs> stories. Very hot. I'd been out there willingly, and then all of a sudden, when when I when I knew the actual number, then it was a problem. But anyway, that problem. I think I just responded to that story that you posted with "suck it up." Yeah, you're like suck it up, (laughs) (laughs) sweet cheeks, or something. Suck it up, Uh, Lily boy. Get in there. (laughs) Turn on the forge. Let's see what you're made of. My uncle always used to go. call us a little sissy girl. Come on, sissy girl. <laughs> oh, That's not PC anymore. You can't do that. I know it's, it's not. not the preferred nomenclature, as no. they say. Listen, you gentlemen. Be a sissy boy, too. Hey. <laughs> I just wasn't. This is It's Pride Month, Ben. Be careful, buddy. You, you better watch I it. I know. That is All right. true. Mm-hmm. And um, Instagram. Did you see the new features in Instagram? No. What's going on? Um, they are now making it easy for us to find, um, oh gosh, what was it? To find, uh, uh, black owned businesses. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Not, cool. not native American or did others. you, did you find housemate yeah. on there at all? No, I didn't. Under black owned businesses. It, like I just, to me it was like, really? Um, isn't like we've seen, you know, like they didn't say minority owned businesses or, right. you know, all, all businesses. It's just, we've singled out one. Well, isn't that, you know, you're, you're trying to control racism in this world by only showing us how to find one type of business. Sometimes I, just, I think they're compensating, ah, you know, it's, it's yeah, I think over like, I think there's a definite need for us to highlight minorities and the work they're doing because it definitely is there's an opportunistic uh and i don't want to get into a whole racing but i've i've studied this and i've read a ton on this because i was a big believer in um there was no such thing as luck and um i've since that's been changed i now understand I don't I have not experienced it, but I have I do now truly believe that minorities are put behind the eight ball and it's it's Mm -hmm. very difficult for them to climb. And like someone gave a really good analogy in one of the books, and it was a it was a picture of a ladder. Right. And there was two ladders. There was a ladder on the left, ladder on the right. The ladder on the right had all of the rungs, you know, so you could easily climb the ladder. And the ladder on the left had like every third rung. And it was yeah. like, this is what the minorities have to put up with. They're climbing on the left ladder because they, they don't have the same amount of rungs as we have. And I know that, you know, through hard work and determination and, you know, anybody in this country can be successful. I truly believe it. But when you're constantly being beaten down and you're constantly being like shoved in uh, a space where you don't have the same opportunity, boy, does it really make it difficult and so it's super important that we rise up our minority brothers and sisters who are trying to make Mm -hmm. a a go for it 
It's really 100%. important because if you yeah, want to live in a agree. better world, you want to live in a better world, you bring everyone with you, regardless yeah. of race, yep. you know, gender, and that's what uh, I think, orientation, Tom. all of it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I see what they're trying what kinda, to do. I do too. And it just, you know, it's um, except for Ben. Don't bring Ben with you because <laughs> yeah, don't bring me. It's just that, like, I, oh, I well, I think to an lives extent, in Idaho. the 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 well, Silicon Valley Patagonia vest uh, <laughs> brethren, you know, have a tendency to think that they can solve the world's problems. Listen, and man, I don't know about if you didn't just, notice the the um, analogy there, but you might have a ladder. That's missing every third rung because there is a ladder. I don't know you, where that store is. Instagram has <laughs> literally removed every third rung from your social media. Mm. <laughs> right. They've, they've done it already. Maybe that's the reason. Well, yeah, it's just, so. yeah, it, it's a, a cool feature. I, I appreciate it because I think it is cool. Um, I, yeah, I think do business with people that do good business. Yeah, hundred percent. That tool to find people that do good business. Hundred percent. Right? That's the case. Is that you don't find good business using that tool? Then that's the case. Uh, but in my mind, I I guess that's my approach. Do yeah, do I'm business with you. With people that do good business. Period. Well, listen, guys, we are an hour and a half in. I'm going to call that a show. Get me out of this. It was hole. a good show. It was a very good <laughs> show. I appreciate you guys. Have a fantastic Fourth of July. And yeah. uh, please return with all of your fingers. Do not, <laughs> don't Ben. I already know what you're going to be uh, doing. You're going to be blowing shit up. Forest fires. Exactly. You're going to be blowing <laughs> shit up. You're going to be like, Ben's going to be standing in his driveway with like M80s. He's going to be like, it's okay. It's all right. I work for the Forest <laughs> Service. Here's my badge. It is Here's my badge. The busiest, busiest fire wildfire day of the year There's you got like no eight fire extinguishers all around you and you're like this one is an abc fire extinguisher it can <laughs> extinguish kitchen fire. that's it all right gentlemen we'll catch up with you next week all right have a great week all right all right see you later all right have a good one guys see ya Goodbye. all right hey so i'm not gonna stop the recording i'm gonna let it run okay for a second and the reason oh, is, show. is I'll do the um, intro. Yeah, we're gonna just quick um do the intro and uh, I need you guys to like basically introduce yourselves and, and maybe I'm putting you on the spot. I probably should have written this out. But um I was thinking Brian, like you'd be like you you could say like, Hey, I'm Brian Cohn and I make knives I'm I'm a, a young maker making knives or something like that. Or you know, sure. just kinda introduce yourself and then um and Ben, I don't know if you and I need to change anything because we could just simply edit out the do. part about the question, you know? Yeah. I work so the wood. I, work the steel, I mean, I work the wood. you know, what'd be kind of funny, Brian, is if you said, and I work both. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. And I work them both. And I work them both. So, uh, and I work Brian. steel with my wood. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. What? <laughs> so, Brian, if you if you could say, and I'm Brian Cone from B Cone Knives, a young maker. Mm. Yeah. And I work both. And I work both. All right. And I'm Brian Cone from B Cone Knives. I'm a young maker, and I work both. Perfect. One take, that's Charlie. That's how it's done, man. That's how it's love done. It. I love it. Yeah. 
All right, gentlemen, I'm going to edit this and uh, get it uploaded for tomorrow. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Sweet. Appreciate you guys. G- great show, by the way. Good energy. Lots yeah, of segments. Good one. Ha- ha- did- yeah. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.